Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good to see you today. Glad to have you with us. If you're out there, give us a shout out. Uh, throw up a like somehow. Give us a comment. Say hi. Let us know everybody's here this morning. We're getting ready to get started here in just a few minutes. I'm going to start with a sermon this morning. I'm going to preach out of Matthew chapter 1. So if you've got your Bibles, I'll give you a little bit of a heads up to go ahead and start there. So jump on in, guys. Uh, there's Katie. Good to see you, Katie. Want to find out who all is out there. It's always nice to look out across the congregation, right, and see who's with us this morning. I see Becky and Scott. Good to have you guys. Cheryl's with us. Uh, we may have another five or ten second delay. That's happened a few times. So if you're out there, throw us a thumbs up. Let us know you're here. Uh, check in. Say hi. Whatever. Let us know this morning. and We're going to get started. There's Ginger. So people are coming in. You guys go ahead and come on in this morning. Glad to have you, Jess. Uh, good, to, good to have everybody with us today. We'll just keep waiting a few more minutes here and let everybody get in. We've had really good uh, really good involvement, really good engagement with uh, our live feed. So I'm pretty excited about that. Glad you guys are, are continuing to check in uh, with us each morning. If you're just coming in now, Matthew chapter 1 is where we're going to be here in just a moment with our sermon. So I'll let you go ahead and get turned over there if you would like to. Good to have Stacy with us. I see Kayla's there and I'm sure spouses and families are all out there as well. I see Deb, Debbie just popped in and Linda. Uh, so good to have you guys. Matt's on. Olivia, good to have you guys and your family. So you guys keep on coming in and um, let me just share a couple of things as you come in. A reminder as I do every week, uh, if you've got a prayer request, something this week you would like us to pray for, go ahead and click on the link on the Facebook page and that'll take you to a form you can fill out and that'll get sent to our email. Talk about a process, right? To get a, a prayer request thrown in there. Um, so you can do that and then we'll pray here at the end of service. We're going to pray and share a few things about going forward and some announcements. Uh, so you guys keep on coming in. Good to see you guys. I see people are still jumping in this morning. Hey, we're going to get started um, this morning. Matthew chapter 1 is where we're going to be. Uh, so if you're with us this morning as a guest, let me just say welcome to you as well. We're glad to have you. If you're not normally regularly a part of Souls Harbor Church, thank you for joining our live feed. Uh, we're praying and trusting and believing that God's got something very exciting and real for you this morning, and I do think that's the case. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. I'm not really big into accidents. I think people are where they are for a reason, and God has a, a pretty big hand in, in all of our lives. So, hey, with that, let me get my notes, and you guys get turned to Matthew chapter uh, 1 this morning, and I want to get into the message. We are doing this right off the bat. That way, as people check in, we're already preaching and good and ready to go. So we want to do that this morning, and then I'll share some announcements, and we'll pray at the end. One last time, if you've got a prayer request, throw it up there, click on the link, and let us know about that. And uh, we'd, we'd really like to pray with you about anything going on in your life here in a little bit. Uh, so let me ask you a question as we get into the message this morning. Let me ask you a question. And, and I want you to uh, you know, pastors open this way just to fill time sometimes or, or, or whatever and don't really expect any response. But I, this morning, I really do. I want you this morning to really um, think about this for a minute, okay? I, I want you to put a little bit of effort in, into this, thought into this. Do you have a need you would like God to meet? I, I, I want you to think about that for a minute. And once you've done it, do this for me. I'm trying to figure out a way to make this interactive 
across Facebook. Uh, once you've done that, give me a thumbs up. Let me know that you're out there. Do you have a need? Do you have a need that you would like God to meet? And while you're thinking about that, let me expand it a little bit and, and, and let me ask you this. Not only do you have a need, do you have a want? So, something in your life that you want that you would like God to meet. And I know people are like, oh, God's not so much about my wants as my needs. And I, I got to be honest, I disagree with that. Um, Psalm 23, 1 is one of my favorite passages for this reason. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Those of you that know it, what does it say? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, you know, you can make the argument that that want there is really more about I'm not ever going to have needs. But see, this is a thing. I think God cares about our wants as well as our needs. Now, you know, to be honest about that and, and that piece of it, uh, the reality is my wants have to line up with his wants and my wants have to not be evil. But do you have some things in your life that you would like God to step in and a need that you would like to have met or a want that you would like to have met? If you've got those, I see a bunch of thumbs up going up this morning. So I know some people are thinking about that and that's awesome. Um, that's what we're going to talk about this morning a bit. I find that many needs and many wants, um, they, they, they never get met because they never get asked. Did you catch that? The things that I need from God, the things I want from God, a lot of times they never get met because they never get asked. And the reason they never get asked is, honestly, we get frustrated. We, we get frustrated with God. We get frustrated with a, a number of things. And this morning, that's what we want to delve into in Matthew 1, which is going to seem a weird place to go with this, but you're going to see what I'm doing here in a minute. Now, listen, before I get too far into this, bunch of thumbs up going up. You guys keep that up. That's awesome. Um, do you have a need? Do you have a want? Let, let's do this. Let's back up for a second. Let me talk about God. God had a problem. And we think, come on, Pastor Barry, God never has a problem. Well, let me, let me set you straight on that. God had a problem, okay? Let me tell you what his problem was. He had created humanity. And he had placed them in the garden, all the way back to Genesis chapter uh, 1, 2, and 3. And he had given them, now get this, we, we get so excited sometimes about um, we need to keep the Ten Commandments or we ought to keep the Ten Commandments posted. Well, think about this, humanity's beginning. He only gave us one commandment and we couldn't even keep that one, right? He, he, he gave Adam and Eve one commandment. He said, guys, I don't want you to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we couldn't even keep that one. So God had a problem. The people that he had created had broken the one commandment that he gave them, and he was forced to drive them out of the garden. Now you think, Pastor Barry, and, and, and I don't know, maybe some of you don't have this issue. Maybe some of you do. But what about second chances? Wasn't that a little bit extreme? One, one mess up and God drove them out. Well, here's the thing about the one mess up. Um, God knew that if they couldn't keep the one commandment, they probably weren't going to keep the rest of the commandments as they came along. And God knew that once the first commandment had been broken the first time, it absolutely opened the floodgates for a sin nature to develop in every generation that followed after. And that is certainly what we saw happen, okay? So God had a problem. God had a problem. His problem was that he had made mankind for a purpose. He had made mankind, he made you and he made me unique. He gave us a soul. He breathed into us and he made us for a purpose. And that purpose was to live in intimate relationship with him. And the fact that we had our, our, that we had chosen to sin and we now had a sin nature, that was God's problem. God absolutely had a problem. He had another problem that sin in us destroyed trust. And he could no longer, he could no longer trust Adam and Eve or humanity to live in that garden uh, where th they could eat of the tree of eternal life as well. 
he had a, a problem and his problem went deeper than that because, you know, it's one thing to have people break your trust that you don't care about, right? It's another thing to have people break trust with you that you love deeply. And God had another problem and his problem was this, that he loved still his creation and he wanted good still for his creation. And he wants good still for you and for me today. He had a problem. He had a problem in that sin had unleashed on this world and on his creation that he loved. Sin had unleashed something that was going to kill and destroy and cause pain and cause suffering. God, you, you, see, you see the problem this morning. God absolutely had a problem. Now listen to me. This morning's message isn't about God's problem. It's about my needs, my wants, your needs, your wants, okay? But here's the thing. Um, if I can understand how God dealt with his problem, his needs, his need, his want, which was to have people back in relationship with him, then maybe it will, it will help me understand how he will deal with mine, and that'll deal with some of the frustration that keeps me from asking and keeps me from praying like I ought to. So if you're with me this morning... Matthew chapter 1, uh, I give you a heads up there, so hopefully you're all there with me this morning. Let's go and let's look at this. Um, and I'm going to read this morning, we're going to look at the first 17 verses. We're not going to dive deep into all of them by any means, but I want to look at a few of them this morning. So let's do this. Let's start with Matthew 1, and let me just read the first couple of verses, and then I want to jump down to the last couple of verses. So if you've got your Bibles, follow along with me. Matthew 1 verses 1 and 2. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. And we're going to stop right there. So what you see here is the genealogy that led to Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah. Jump with me down to verse 17, and let's pick up there. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation uh, and from the deportation to Babylon to Christ, 14 generations. Let me just start with this Christ. So how did God solve his problem? Well, he made a promise and he put into place a plan. I want you to see this. And the plan was culminated, it ended with Jesus Christ. And we almost think of Jesus Christ as um, Christ being his last name. Christ isn't his last name. It means Messiah. Messiah, uh, it's the Greek translation of Messiah. Messiah means anointed or empowered one. So what God put in place was a plan to solve his problem. And the plan involved, uh, it, it involved bringing forth a man who was God himself, born, born as man. Emmanuel means God with us who would then step in and bring redemption and salvation to all of mankind. And, and we, we miss that sometimes, but that's who the Christ was. That's who the Messiah was. And God put in place to bring this Christ, this Jesus, um, to this earth. And, and we see it completed here in verse 17. But this is the thing. It was from verse 1 to verse 17 that took God's plan to be fulfilled. So what I want to do this morning is look at how God went about solving his plan. And maybe in the process along the way here, it will help each one of you deal with some of the frustrations that we as people sometimes have to deal with when it comes to watching how God chooses to answer our prayers. And let's just start with this one this morning. Look with me at verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to Christ, 14 generations. So I know it's Sunday morning, 
I know it's way too early to ask you to do math, so I won't. I, I actually broke my calculator out um, so I could do the math for you. 14 plus 14 plus 14 is what? How about 42? 42 generations. Now, I, this, this is the thing I want you to see this morning. Um, God's fulfilling plans, okay, sometimes works on his timetable and not our timetable. 42 generations. Now, listen, it may be this morning that you've got a need, you've got a want, you've got something you're asking God to step into, and you prayed, and you prayed, and you prayed, and you prayed, and you didn't get the answer that you thought you were going to get when you thought you were going to get it, and you quit. 42 generations for God to solve his own problem. And what I want you to see this morning is the first challenge, the first frustration that sometimes we end up dealing with and we run with is this. Um, God's timeline isn't our timeline, but that doesn't mean God's not working. And if you're here this morning and you have something in your life you need or you want, let me encourage you. I, I hope you get this. If you're willing to accept God's answers and God's time, then ask again. Go back to praying. Go back to asking because God has a way of doing things in his time. You say, Pastor Barry, I can't wait 42 generations to get an answer. Okay, that's fair. And, and let's realize, God, when he works, I, I mean, okay, so there's big needs and there's small needs. If if I need $20 to put gas in my tank so I can go to work, I'm probably doesn't make sense to wait 42 generations, does it? But if I need God to change the direction of my family and really modify my family tree... It might take a little more time than instant in the moment. And we all like this. We like God to be the God that gives us the answer at the snap of a finger, right? Don't, don't we all like that? I, I do. Man, when I pray for something, I want the answer now. Every one of us is that way. But let me ask you to think about something this morning. What kind of parent would that be? Some of you out there are parents. Some of you are grandparents. You've been parents. When your kids come to you and say, hey, mom, hey, dad, I need this. I want this. What kind of a parent is, is it that gives them everything they need and everything they want at the snap of a finger instantaneously? Not a good parent, right? Not, not, a, not a parent that is looking to see their kids grow through the process, and that's God. He, he is a parent that absolutely answers our prayer. And if you struggled, I want you to see this. When he answered his own problem, fixed his own problem. It took 42 generations, okay? So be patient, pray, grow in the process, and let God work. Let's go back up to Matthew chapter 1 again, and let's look up a little bit higher in these verses. And I, I'm not going to read every one of them, but I do want to read through this, or I am going to read every one of them. But as I read them, um, I, I, I want to just stop and talk about a, for, about, about a few of them. So Abraham, or Matthew chapter 1, verse 2. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah, and his brothers, and Judah, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Okay, let's just stop there for a second. Now, that doesn't sound super exciting. Not a whole lot of meat there, you wouldn't think. But yet there is if you know the story. So let me just talk with you for a minute about the story of Terah. Um, Terah comes, the story, and, and I'm not going to go back and read all these because we'd be here for the next two hours. 
um, but I am going to this morning just reference them and then you can jump to them. Genesis eleven twenty seven through twelve three is where this story comes from, the story of Terah. So God was working to bring about the answer to his problem, okay, to bring the Messiah. And he had brought forth Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I just read all that. And then the son of Jacob, one of the sons was Judah. And Judah was going to be in that line that was going to bring forth the Messiah. So here's the story, okay? Judah had three sons. One of those sons should have been the, 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 one, the son that would then out of his line would come the Messiah, the one who would save the world, that would fix God's problem and put people back into relationship. But uh, Judah's oldest son, he did evil. And we don't know what the evil was. We just know that he did evil in the sight of God and it cost him his life. Well, his oldest son was the one that had been married to, uh, I said Tara earlier, I meant Tamar, had been married to Tamar. Tamar um, was now a widow. And as a widow, the, the way their culture worked was she was then to marry the second son. Uh, I know that's bizarre and that's weird to us, okay, right? That's odd. That's out there a little bit. Um, but that was their culture. They didn't have Social Security. They didn't have Medicare. They didn't have Medicaid. They didn't have tax systems. They didn't have social nets. Uh, they didn't have any of that stuff. And, and women, it was a patriarchal society. So women, if they, law, if they didn't have a spouse, didn't have a family, didn't have sons, um, I mean, they risked starving to death. And, and, and that was just the world, that, that the culture that was there. So, so Tamar should have then been married to the second son and they would have had a family. But the second son also did evil in the sight of God. And I'm not going to go into exactly what that looked like. Some of you that know the story know. Um, those of you don't can go read it if you want to know. But he did evil in the sight of God. And that left Tamar without a husband again. Right? So, culturally, Tamar should have married the third son. Makes sense. But here's the thing. And I, 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 I'm going somewhere with this. Here's the thing. The third son was just a child. So Tamar was, he was too young to marry. So Judah came to Tamar and said, hey, Tamar, listen, when my youngest son, wait for my youngest son, when he gets old enough to marry you, I will have him marry you. You will have a family. And that would have carried along the line that led to Jesus. But we don't know why. We don't know exactly what happened in Judah's mind. We don't know if he forgot. I doubt he forgot. We don't know if he just made another plan. But whatever the case, when his oldest son got old enough to marry, he didn't marry Tamar and Tamar was left a widow. Now, here's where you say, so that, that's weird, but here's where it gets really, really even weirder. And here's, my, here, here, here's, here's the thing I want you to grab out of this. When God comes to answering our prayers and giving us the things we need and the things we want, and, and, and catch this this morning, sometimes it's complicated and messy. Anybody here? You can give me a thumbs up for this one. Anybody here ever looked at a relationship or a situation and just said, when I asked about it, just shook their head and said, you know what? It's complicated. If that's you, you can give me a thumbs up this morning because I'm guessing a lot of us have. And, and here's the thing. This morning, if the thing you have a need of or the thing you have a want for that you're asking God for involves people, let me, let me I'm not speaking prophetically, but let me just speak re realistically. It's going to be complicated at some point and it's going to be messy at some point. This is the world we live in. And I'll go even further than that, okay? If it just involves you or me, it, it, when it's me asking something, it just involves me. It's not unusual that it's still going to be complicated and messy because people are complicated and messy. 
And that's what we see going on here. And God's trying to solve his problem. He's trying to bring forth the Messiah. And you've got Judah, who's now gone through three sons, and not one of them have done what was supposed to be done, including Judah himself. And Tamar takes it upon herself. She decides, I've got to fix this. I've got to have a family. And here's where it gets really crazy, okay? Tamar uh, goes out and she dresses herself as a, as a temple prostitute, which was going on in the country and the nation at that time. And she goes out and stands at a place where Judah, her father, her former father-in-law, would be coming. And we don't know whether she seduced him or whether he uh, seduced her. We know that he had just lost his wife. And we know when it was all said and done, Tamar ended up pregnant and Judah didn't even know that it was his former daughter-in-law. But when he found out, that his former daughter-in-law was pregnant, he said, hey, that was evil. I'm not going to let that stand. As the patriarch of this family, I'm going to step in and make things right. Take her out and execute her. Wow. And Tamar said, you know what? Before you all execute me, let me just send you. And he, she sent back the signet that she had gotten from Jacob in their transaction, in their moment of relationship. She said, go to, go to Jacob or go to Judah and tell Judah this is the from the man who is the father of my child. Y'all follow that? And maybe you didn't. And you know why you didn't? Because it's complicated and it's messy. And Judah ended up fathering by his previous daughter-in-law, the two sons that we just saw listed there. You say, Pastor Barry, why are you giving me all this story? Because listen to me. If you're praying to God and asking him for big things, and asking him for miraculous things, and asking him to provide needs for you, and your family, and your relationships. God didn't condone any of that stuff. God didn't want any of that stuff. God didn't, God didn't encourage any of that stuff. God wasn't okay with any of that stuff. And, and, but if you're asking for things that involve people, it's going to be complicated and messy. So accept that now and, and let the frustration slip aside and know this, that even when people step in and do evil and do wrong and make it complicated and make it messy, God is still bigger than complicated and messy. And that's the reason when we read in Matthew chapter 1 that Tamar was the mother and Judah was the father of these next to in the line to Jesus, we, we can see that even in the middle of complicated and messy, even in the middle of people in our lives bringing complicated and messy at us, and listen to me, even in the moments where we ourselves bring complicated and messy, God has still got the power to step in and to work. And if this morning you're struggling because things have gotten too complicated and they've gotten too messy, then let me encourage you, go back to once again being a person that prays and says, God, this is what I need. God, this is what I want. God, this is what I'm asking for. And begin to believe God and ask God and keep believing God and keep asking God through the generations, even if that's what it takes, even through the messy and the complicated, and trust God Believe God that he's got the power to make a difference because this is the thing this morning. Our God is still a God that loves to answer yes. He wants to answer yes for you. The story of Tamar it is just kind of tucked in there in Matthew chapter 1, but it's a powerful story that gives us hope that we ought to ask because just as God answered his problems, he'll answer our problems. Let's continue to read this morning. Verse 4, and Ram, the father of Amminadab, Amminadab, the father of Nashon, 
and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obad by Ruth, and Obad the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. We're looking at how God solved his problem to get us to the Messiah, the one who would save the world, save the nation, save the people. And I want you to see this in verse 5. Again, it's easy to miss over. And Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab. Well, if you don't know the story, Rahab's no big deal. If you do know the story, you understand something happened there. Rahab herself was not a, a, a child of Israel, was not a, a Jewish woman. Rahab herself lived in the city of Jericho when Joshua and the people of God began to come in and begin to take back the land that God had promised to them. They came to Jericho. Je, uh, Joshua sent two spies into Jericho and said, go in and spy out the city and see what's going on there. And when they got in there, people became aware that they were there and sought after their life. And the one place, the one person, the one woman that stepped up and said, I will hide you. I believe in your God. I believe he's greater than all the other gods. And, and I will protect you was a woman by the name of Rahab. And scripture tells us this woman by Rahab, she had a past. She had a history. She was a prostitute. She was the one woman in the whole city that stepped up and said, I believe in you and I believe in your God. And, and this morning, sometimes we get frustrated and sometimes we stop asking God um, because we think our history or our past has destroyed our future. And God won't answer us because of our history and because of our past. Now, now listen to me. I don't know this morning what it is that's in your history or in your past. Maybe it's big things. Maybe it's small things. Maybe it's nothing like what I'm describing here with Rahab. I think that's quite likely for many of you. But nevertheless, I know that there is an enemy. And, and we have our own voice that lives inside of us that likes to tell us, God doesn't care for me. My past, my history is too much. And I want you to know this morning, Rahab is put in this story so that we know it doesn't matter what your history or your past is, God still wants to answer yes into your life when you have a need or when you have a want. So please, let me encourage you again this morning. If it, Forget your past. Don't worry about your past. Don't get caught up in your past. Don't, 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 don't let that be the thing that keeps you, that frustrates you, that keeps you from prayer and praying and asking God. And I want to encourage you this morning, once again, begin to, be, uh, to dream big dreams with God. Once again, step in and begin to pray and say, God, this is my need. God, this is my want. And wait patiently on him to answer it. It's going to get messy. It's going to get complicated. Your past, the enemy is going to continue to throw up, up at you, but I'm telling you this morning, God is still a God that wants to answer yes, yes. And I believe that's re the reason we find Rahab put in this story. Let's keep reading. Let's go down and read this next verse, uh, verse um, six, it's six and a half. It starts up with David. David was the king, and David was the father of Solomon, by the wife of Uriah. Well, I can't go any further than, than, than that right there, and I've got to stop and talk again for just a minute. It, it doesn't tell us anything other than David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, but if you're paying attention and reading closely there, you ought to be thinking to yourself, no, wait a minute. David was the father of Solomon, which is filling God's plan. David was the father of Solomon by, you would think it would be, David was the father of Solomon by the wife of David. Right? I mean, that would be make sense, right? But it isn't what it says. It says, David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. And oh, wow. Now we've got a whole nother set of frustrations and issue, issues we see God having to deal with as he brought forth his plan to bring forth a Messiah. He's dealt with 42 generations. He's dealt with messy and complicated. He's dealt with people that had a history and a past. And now he's going to deal with King David 
who was just incredibly important, who had the next son, Solomon, in the line towards Jesus by another man's wife. And many of you know the story, maybe some of you don't. David was getting, uh, he was no longer a, a very young man. He was no longer a child. He, he had himself um, successfully put in place as the king. And he decided, I'm going to send my generals out to do the business of the country. And he sent his generals out to fight the battles. And he stayed back home. And one day he's walking around on the rooftop of his palace. And he looks across the way. And there is a woman there by the name of Bathsheba who is bathing on her roof. And he looks at her and lust forms in his heart and his mind. And he decides, I'm going to invite her to the palace. And one thing happens after another. And she ends up pregnant by David, even though she's married to a man by the name of Uriah. And you say, Pastor Barry, yeah, that's messy and complicated again. Yes, it is, but it gets even worse because if it wasn't enough that David's sin was to commit adultery with Bathsheba, he then turned around. Her husband wasn't home because he was out fighting the battle that David himself should have been out leading. And he calls Uriah back from the front and says, come back, I need to talk to you, and tries to persuade him to go and spend time with his wife so he can, he can lie and say, the baby is yours. And Uriah was a man of integrity and said, I'm not going to do that while my friends and, and, and my, my fellow warriors are fighting a battle. I will not do that. I'm, going, I'm just not going to do that. So David sent him back out to the front and called the general in and told his general, said, listen, this is what I want you to do. When the battle gets hot and the battle gets to raging and, and, and it looks like the enemy is going to kill people and it's going to be ugly, find the worst possible place. I want you to put Uriah the wife of or the husband of Bathsheba, I want you to put him right out on the front line. And whenever he gets out there on the front line, right out in the front, I want you to pull everybody else back from him so that the enemy will kill him. And that's exactly what happened. And Uriah lost his life. And David, although he didn't physically hold the sword, committed murder on that day. Now listen to me. That's sin. I, you can't slice it. You can't dice it. You can't spin it. You can't twist it. That's sin and failure. And here's what I, I, I want you to see this morning. Um, Matthew, when he wrote this portion of scripture, could have very easily said, and David was the father of Solomon by Bathsheba. But he didn't. He didn't hide it. He didn't deny it. He owned up to it. And, and listen to me again. God in no way condoned what David did. As a matter of fact, David... If you read the rest of that, that story in the Old Testament, David paid a horrible price. His family paid a price. The nation paid a price. Coming generations paid a price. It caused civil war, led to civil war in the nation eventually, all because of his sin. So don't think God just winked at it and there weren't consequences for it. But what I want you to see this morning is, despite that, David managed to still be in this genealogy, not, not because God was okay with it, but because God is able to work and answer yes, answer our prayers, even through our sin. And some of you out there this morning, you, you may be Pastor Barry, listen, there are things in my life I need and things in my life I want, but I can't ask God for them. You don't know my sin. You don't know my history. You don't know my past. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I've done. And you're right, I don't, but God does. And God loves you anyway. And God cares about you. And I'm not telling you there won't be consequences. I don't, I'm certainly not telling you you don't need to repent because you do. But what I'm telling you this morning is God, has got, God is so big and so great and so awesome that he's got the power and the ability, even, even, even through your sin, even despite your sin, to step in 
and answer yes, because God is still a God of yes. He still to this day wants to answer yes. Okay, let's look at one more area this morning. Let's read on a little further and let's pick up with verse 11. And Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And let's just talk about Babylon here for a minute, okay? Um, sometimes the path to answered prayer is painful. We, we, we read this and we, we see the children of Israel and we see the people of Israel and we see the failings and, and, the, and the biggest one of all took place right here with the deportation to Babylon, okay? It, the sin had gotten so deep, the history had gotten so bad, God said, you've got to learn that there's one God, I am him. And God allowed them to go through seeing their nation destroyed, their nation torn down. He allowed them to be carried off as slaves for 70 years. Now listen, when you begin to pray and you begin to ask God and you begin to say, God, these are my needs and you begin to say, God, these are my wants and you begin to say, God, will you step in and, and guide my family and change my family tree? God's going to look for repentance and God is going to look for your heart to change. But if it doesn't, God still may honor that prayer by letting you go through some really hard times. And sometimes the path to answered prayer can be a painful one because it takes the painful one in order to bring us to a place where we actually will be broken and change. Let me give you this last one this morning before I get ready to bring this to a close. Go with me down to verse 16. And let me read this. It says, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, so now we're down to Joseph and Mary, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. And I want you to see this again if you're reading this closely. Jacob, the father of Joseph, you would think this would be, if it followed true to what we've read up to this point, Jacob, the father of Joseph, the father of Joseph, the father of Jesus, but that's not what it says. It says, Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of of Mary. Why? Because biologically Jacob or Joseph was not the father of Jesus. He was the lineage. He was the one who gave the name to Jesus. He carried the lineage of David forward, but Mary, and it says the Holy Spirit hovered over her. Jesus was born of a virgin. Now, now we miss this sometimes. We, I, I don't think we give this proper weight or thought. What would you do if your fiance, and I know it was a little different being betrothed, but as close as we can get to us today, came to you and said, I'm pregnant and the baby belongs is God's, not yours, no other man, God's. Wow. That's hard. Now, I don't think God is going to ask anybody here to wait on him to answer yes to a prayer and, and ask them to step out in that level of faith because that's, that's one in a, a, a humanity kind of faith. But I think that story is in there for a reason because sometimes, sometimes we ask God to meet a need or we ask God to meet a want and he comes back with an answer or he takes us through a process or, or he takes us through some pain and we look at it and we just don't understand. Sometimes, just like with Joseph, we just have to step back and say, God, I don't get it. I don't understand. But I believe. I choose to believe. And I want to say to you this morning, um, if you've stopped asking, if you've stopped because of frustration, 
if you stop because you don't understand, if you stop because of history, if you stop because of sin, if you stop because of mess, messy and complicated, please start again. Let's become, let's grow as a people of prayer that ask God in faith for big things, ask God in faith uh, for needs, ask God in faith for wants, and knows that our God, if he can manage to fix his problem that started all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, with Matthew chapter 1, 42 generations later, he absolutely wants to fix ours. Listen to me. God loves you. God cares about you. God is still a God that wants to answer yes. His yes may not look like what you want it to. His yes may not go through a process like you want it to. It may not be on your timeline, but God still is a God that wants to answer yes. And the only reason he doesn't answer yes most of the time is because we just quit asking. And I want to encourage you this morning, will you go back to being a person that asks God and asks God and asks God and asks God. Ask God again and keep asking. Believe God again and keep believing because God is still a God that loves you and God is still a God that wants to answer yes. He wants to answer yes. Listen, if you're out there this morning and you say, Pastor Barry, absolutely. I, I, I've let my faith, I've let my prayer, I've let my time with God, I've let my asking get small or maybe non-existent. And you say, Pastor Barry, this morning I'm going to change that. I, I, I want to put the frustrations aside. I know my God. I know who he is. I, I know how big he is and I should have never let it go. If that's you this morning and you're, you're willing to say, Pastor Barry, I'm going to ask for big things. I'm going to pray for big wants and big needs. Will you throw up a heart? Let us all see it this morning. Let us know that you're out there. Give us a shout out that, yes, God, Holy Spirit, you've spoken to me this morning and I'm going to do this and I'm going to believe God. Because here's what I know. If God's people and as God's people begin to do this, big things, God-sized things begin to happen. And I know he wants that for Souls Harbor Church. I know that he wants that for the west side of Indianapolis. I know he wants that for America. I know that he wants that for his people around the world. Okay? So let's be a people that asks big and trusts big. Hey, this morning, several of you have put in prayer requests. And this morning, we want to take a minute and we want to pray for some needs. Let me just take a moment here and look and see what we've had come in. Uh, we want to pray for uh, a niece. Who has is uh, has a, whose husband is dealing with has just had a serious motorcycle accident. So we want to pray this morning for for this husband. We want to pray for another niece this morning that's been diagnosed with COVID nineteen. Happens to be a nurse, and at an age that it's a little bit um, concerning. And we want to pray for that this morning. We want to pray for you all this morning. We want to continue to pray God's blessing on your uh, families, on your finances, on your joy, on, on your jobs. Um, on your peace of mind, okay? Because uh, you're like me, you're still sheltering at home. So will you all do this with me this morning? Let's just take a moment and let's pray and let's uh, go together to the Lord. Will you pray with me? Father, we pray this morning over these needs. We pray for this husband that has uh, had a motorcycle accident. My goodness, I certainly can relate to that having gone through it. And I, I don't know what his uh, condition is this morning, but I pray that you be with him and we're asking you, I'm asking you to touch him physically and I pray that you would bring the strength and the healing to his body that he needs. And right now uh, with his COVID-19 going on in so many hospitals, I ask you to keep him safe in that way as well. I pray you be with these doctors and I pray for uh, the, the niece, the wife, 
God, be with her and the family. Give them peace. And Lord, as you do through all things, sometimes we go through hard things to have an opportunity to come back to you. And I pray this morning, I, I don't know where their heart is, but I pray if they don't know you, that this would be a time that they would feel the tug of the Holy Spirit to walk in right relationship with you. We pray for this niece this morning dealing with directly with COVID-19, been diagnosed. We ask you to touch her. We ask you this morning to heal her. We ask you to strengthen her. We ask you to protect and keep her in Jesus' name. And I pray over each family that's on this uh, feed this morning, uh, those of Souls Harbor and the guests that are with us. God, will you just bless them? Uh, we have people that are working themselves the front lines, and I pray your protection about them. We have people, Lord, that are, are a, a few that have are not in that essential job situation, and I ask you to bless them and meet their needs. And for those that are, I pray that you would be with them and continue to strengthen and bless them as well. God, I pray in these last days and in these moments that we're living right now, use us to make a difference in this world. And God, it starts right in my own home, my own family, my own heart, but also my neighborhood. And I pray each one of us this morning, you would help us to live our lives that way for you. And I pray, God, help us to dream big dreams. Help us, Lord, to ask big asks. Help us, Lord, this morning, I pray, to ask for the needs and the wants that you would have us to ask for. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, let me share just a couple things this morning before we let you go. And I'm going to keep you just a couple more minutes. Uh, again, if you're a guest with us this morning and you've been with us to the end, thank you so much for hanging in there. I pray uh, I pray God spoke to you this morning and God has uh, encouraged you through this message. Um, we'd love to have you join us on our Wednesday night breakout groups. If you want to do that, then we also have, this is our Facebook page where we're um, sending this out from. We also have a Facebook group and there should be a link that you can click on and join that. And we'd love to have you join us on Wednesday nights at 630. Uh, we're doing right now a study through uh, the prophecies of Daniel. This week we'll be in Daniel 8, I believe it is. So we'd love to have you join us there. It goes about a half an hour usually on, on Wednesday evenings. We also have a prayer meeting that we're doing right now on Tuesdays uh, at seven o'clock. We'd love to have you join us for that. And that also is on the group. So if you'd like to do that, go ahead and jump in there. And for our regulars, those are a part of the, the church here, uh, the church family. Please join us tomorrow night or Tuesday night, I mean, for prayer and Wednesday for our breakouts. We'd love to have you do that. Ruthie, ha Ruthie's bored. Okay. I'm just going to tell you she's bored. Um, not that she doesn't have anything to do. It's just that she's staying home more than she would like to. And she's came up with this really good idea. Uh, she wants to have, uh, let, let me see if I can get this right. Okay. Uh, because I wrote it down. So I would have it. She wants to have a virtual family scavenger hunt. So what she's going to do, and, and she's going to give you the details on Thursday. So Thursday morning at 10 a.m., she's going to post the directions to how you can be involved in a virtual family scavenger hunt uh, with the church group. Now, it's not a time thing where the first one that gets all the stuff in wins. Everything can be found in your house or it should be found in your house. This is not a reason to go to Walmart. Uh, in fact, that's counterproductive right now. Um, but if you'd like to participate on, in that uh, whenever you get home from work or whenever you can do it, or if you're at home, you can do it then. Um, gather those things together. She'll put the information out there. And then at the end of the day, she may have a deadline. I don't know. On Thursday, uh, she'll go through and there's a points assigned to each different thing. And the winner is going to get a $10 Amazon uh, card. So you, there, there's actually a prize involved with this. So if you guys are interested in that, just for fun, because my guess is some of you are as bored as she is, maybe more so probably. Uh, so I'd love to have you participate in that as well. This week, remember our missionaries in prayer. 
Uh, next week will be our mission Sunday, and we'd love to do something a little bit special with that. We're trying to figure out again, still trying to figure out what that can look like. But above all else, I just want to continue to to put out there for you. Continue to remember our missionaries. Continue to remember them financially and in your prayers. They matter. They matter a lot, and they're really in in a hard place right now um, with all of this having shut everything down. So keep our missionaries in your prayers. Remember they're part of the family. Care for them. Be concerned for them. Send out notes, letters, prayers, Facebook messages, whatever. However you want to do that. But uh, throw that out to them and, and continue to care for them. Hey, we're going to let you go. Um, I just heard my clock ding in the other room, which tells me that it is now 11 o'clock or a couple minutes to 11 because it's off a bit. Um, so we're going to let you go. Thank you for checking in this morning, being a part of our service. Look forward to the day uh, when we can do this live in reality, live again. We keep watching the governor, waiting for him to give us some, some dates and some timelines. And it seems like it's inching forward a little bit at a time. So we're looking forward to that day. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Um, keep doing what you're doing and, and keep praying for one another. Keep caring for your neighborhood and your neighbors and your families. And uh, keep yourself safe and know this, that myself and the staff are praying for you and the leadership of the church were praying for you on a regular basis, okay? God bless. Um, you have a great afternoon and I hope to see as many of you as can come come and join us on Tuesday at seven o'clock for prayer. Come join us on Tuesday for se at seven o'clock for prayer. It'll last anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. God bless. Have an awesome week. See you later. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.